<laughs> Good morning. Uh, my name is Ian, Ian Massingham. I uh, lead developer evangelism for AWS. Uh, I'm not the focus of this talk. My name's not even on this slide, which is a kind of nice place to be. I want to introduce to you uh, four guests that are going to be uh, chatting with us this morning, which I'll do in a second. Uh, before I do that, I just want to give a little bit of context about what this session is about. So uh, this is the second time that we've run this developer community track here at AWS reInvent. And what we're going to be doing during the course of the day is featuring the best content and some of the best speakers from the AWS user community around the globe. So you're not going to see any AWS people on this stage today. You're going to see uh, community members, community heroes, and other members uh, of the AWS community uh, joining us on stage here today. Uh, one of the ways in which these community members participate in the AWS community is to become involved with and run AWS user groups. And that's the focus of this first session. Uh, our approach at AWS to user groups, I think, is quite distinctive in comparison to other vendors. We have a very hands-off approach to this ecosystem. Uh, we provide support in the background to try to make the passionate and vocal members of the AWS community successful in catalyzing the communities that they work with around the globe. And we have user groups today, as you can see on, on this map, literally all over the planet. Uh, and this is a, a community that is also growing extremely quickly. I hope Sebastian will talk about some of the scale-up activities that we've seen in his geography in, uh, in South America in the course of the session today. So we, what we want to do, really, in this session is try and share some insights about what the benefits are for participants in AWS user groups, what you might see if you choose to participate in one, uh, hopefully motivate you to become involved if you're not already involved in one of these groups, maybe motivate you to start a group if there's not one in your local area. And at the end of the session, we'll give you some uh, tricks and tips, really, that you can use to get started, how to get in contact with us, and access some of the support that we can provide to you if you do want to start your own user group. And of course, if you want to participate in one, then meetup.com, uh, conversations with some of the individuals that we have on stage. Great place to get started in, in participating in a local user group. So, uh, who do we have? I'm not going to do this bit. I'm going to turn the uh, conversation over now. So, there's four photos on the slide here that you can see. I'd just like each uh, member of the panel just to quickly introduce themselves. Maybe if you could also talk a little bit about what motivated you to get involved with the AWS user community and how you, uh, how you got involved in running a user group. I think that would be a really interesting bit of context just to kick off the discussion with as well. So, Sebastian. Okay. Hola. <laughs> My name is Sebastian. Networking different people from different companies with different problems. Uh, we're getting information and a, lo a lot of knowledge was being able to share between people which, if, if it wasn't for the meetup, they wouldn't get together. Uh, and that was amazing. We got over 1,000 members right now. Uh, we're hosting Meetup pretty much every other month. And this year we started uh, something with a, a good friend from, from Argentina who's actually living in the UK, but he's from Argentina, called Fernando. We started a, a movement called AWS en Español, which is translation for AWS in Spanish. We found that there's a lack of uh, resources in Spanish uh, that we wanted to, to get to, to help other communities spread. So we created a, a community of communities, a group of groups. Uh, and we started getting together with different user groups from all over Latin America, including Mexico, Colombia, Chile, Argentina, uh, and stuff like that. So we got to 
uh, spread whatever we were doing, spread the knowledge through um, the different meetups we did with people all around Latin America and Spain. So it really helped us uh, for other people in small cities in, in different places where there were no user group at all to just get the idea, hey, I want to do this in my city. I think we can help out. And also allow us to uh, get a lot of original content from different people, uh, get more people to help us do what we were doing alone and, and get to help each other. I mean, it's Great. been really cool. Great. We'll, we'll return back and talk a little bit about some of the benefits that participants get out of their involvement in these groups later on. Let's continue with the introduction. So, John, you're from uh, San Francisco, right? So, a different part of the world. Can you give us your story? How did you get started running a user group? And what's the characteristics of your user group? I mean, that's a hotbed of technological innovation, of course. So, I'm guessing that, that plays a role in the kind of people that come along. Well, yeah, I come from San Francisco. In fact, mine is not the only meetup there. There's quite a few meetups in San Francisco. Each of them have over 2,000 members. Um, and uh, the way I got started with this meetup was actually Amazon started the meetup um, a few years ago, and then they let it um, kind of expire or something. <laughs> and you know, when, when meetup uh, organizers step down, it gives the opportunity for members to take over the helm. And I immediately jumped in at this opportunity because I know meetups are a great way to meet people, get free uh, dinners, and, <laughs> and generally, uh, you know, get more knowledge uh, and, you know, opens job opportunities. In fact, I work at, as a cloud steward at Intuit. I'm pretty sure I got hired. I was, like, kind of poached uh, because I was running this meetup group. Uh, that's it for the introduction. I'll let uh, the other stuff. So, Tak, you're from uh, Thailand, yeah. Yeah, a different part of the world again, and I imagine kind of like the opposite from San Francisco, really, probably from outside of Southeast Asia, you wouldn't necessarily regard that as an area where there's a lot of AWS users, but you're running a user group there, so I guess there are. Maybe you can uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started with the group. Oh, yes. Okay, hi, I'm Tak. Uh, in Thailand, uh, our user group started from two years ago. Uh, at uh, first, our first, uh, our one and first meetup, we just have already uh, 10 people. But now we can build it like uh, 80, 200 for one per meetup. Now our member is about 4,000. Um, when, uh, why we start uh, our user group? Uh, it's like in Thailand, uh, uh, AWS Cloud is quite new thing. And when we have to start it, uh, at first, I'm also uh, like the developer and have challenges to use uh, AWS. The hardest thing I found is it's very hard to, for newbie one to read the document and can imagine what how to use. And luckily, uh, in uh, our company, we have many company together, so we have a, a little community that can share each other the new thing. So. Then when AWS asked, uh, can you help us to create like a user group in Thailand, mm -hmm. uh, we say, yes, why not? Because it's com if you have the community, you can build more developer to be the greater, and they feel like they have a friend who can share and can give in and learn many things together. That's how we build up AWS user group in Thailand. Excellent, excellent. Now, Jason's sitting at the end of there. Jason and I must disclose, we've known each other for quite a long time. Uh, and Jason, uh, he runs a user group network. So in Ireland, there are several user groups in different cities. 
Dublin, Belfast, occasional meetups in other cities as well. And Jason and his co-founder have a little empire of user groups across uh, the <laughs> island of Ireland. <laughs> but it didn't start like that, did it? So maybe you can give a little bit of context in, in, into how you got started. You've got quite an interesting story. You've scaled something today, which is pretty big as well. But I think you'd be interested for the audience to hear first of all about uh, how did you get into running the user group in Dublin? Sure. Hi. Jason O'Connell is my name. Uh, nice to be here. Um, yeah, we started off really small um, with maybe 10 members. Um, I worked for a telco at one stage called Aircom. They were like the AT&T in Ireland, the incumbent telco. And we built a cloud practice within the telco. So as a bolt onto that, we decided, why don't we have a beer and pizza evening at, at the telco headquarters? And we did that about five years ago. Um, you know, four or five people showed up, and it was, it was a good start. And we did that for maybe a year, and it grew from, say, 10, 20, 30. Probably maximum we ever got was maybe 30 or 40 people at the meetup. And it was very kind of the standard meetup, you know, beer and pizza. And um, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was really moving the, the whole uh, concept of what a community was. And it didn't seem to be doing AWS a service either, because for such an innovative, customer-focused um, cloud platform, we really wanted the user group to be something different. So we kind of parked the idea of the smaller meetup for a while. We went into a kind of a having no meetups for maybe six months, and we huddled together and we thought, how do we actually make this really, really good? And we broke away from Aircom, from the telco, and we made it totally independent with no corporate sponsor, no, no, no corporate headquarters, and uh, no, no pizza rule, so we said no more pizza. Um, <laughs> we're only going to have cool meetups from now on. So we, um, we evolved from there, and it's, it's, it's taken us on a journey. At times, quite challenging, but uh, we've built up now to you know, over 3,000 members um, within, our, within our group in, in a pretty small country in, in Dublin. But we're very lucky in, in some ways. We're geographically lucky because we have a lot of support in Europe and a lot of support in Dublin. But um, now we're in a, a rock and roll venue. So we have, we have proper sound. We have a grungy kind of vibe. Um, and we've discovered that actually what people want is you know, good tech talks. But they also want to hang out together because developers and people involved you know, nine to five in their jobs, they want something a bit social to go to. So one of the most popular things at our meetups is the actual the networking break where everyone just hangs out, has a beer, and enjoys it. And it's hard to get them back to their seats for the next couple of talks. So people like communities, they, they feel that they want to be part of something. So we've taken it on a, on a little journey. We can go into a bit more detail on that, on how we did Great. this. I think the descriptions that you've each given there really reflect the diversity that we have across the community. You've all got quite different stories. User groups are all user groups, but actually they all have their own unique flavor and do something slightly different for the community. And I really want to spend uh, the majority of the rest of the time in this session focusing on that, focusing on what participants get out of being involved in these kinds of communities. I think it's really interesting, uh, interesting area to explore. My own perspective is that I think actually different individuals have different motiv motivations for wanting mm. to be involved in these kinds of communities. So if you could each share uh, two or three benefits that you feel that your participants, your members, get out of being involved in the community, I'd be really interested in your, in your take on that. But we'll just go down the line again with that question. So w what do you think are the, the motivating factors that make individuals want to give up their evenings or give up their online time in the case of AWS on Espanol and, and be involved in this community, what do they get out of it? Uh, 
if I just got to name two things, I would say the first would be free consulting. I mean, we get a lot of people with different problems they have in real life, in their own jobs, on day jobs, and they get to share that, those problems with other people that might be more experienced or maybe they're, they're just in the same situation, they had the same issue before, and they already know how to solve it. So they get answers to their own problems without wasting a lot of time Googling around, yep. stuff like that. And the second, uh, I would say what, what John said a few minutes ago, uh, it's a really big hiring opportunity for companies. It's a really big opportunity for showcase what, what you know, what you've been doing, and to get other people interested in, in what, you can, what value you can add to their companies. I would say that that's a, the main two things for us. What about you, John? Anything different beyond those? Um, no, I don't feel different. That's definitely true. But I would also focus on the opposite side. Uh, Sebastian said free consulting, right? You get information, you get ideas from other people who have experience. I'm, I'm looking at it from the si uh, perspective of the person who's giving this information away. Yep. It's, it's a great opportunity for you to showcase your uh, knowledge so that you know, there, there's always people looking to hire people. Right? If you don't want to work as an employee, but you want to do consulting work, you can actually show that you're knowledgeable about um, AWS services so that you know, people will come to you and try to hire you. Um, and also, there are certain, uh, you know, for, for example, this week, you're working on something that you cannot solve because you, know, you couldn't find anything on the documentation, you couldn't find anything in help groups. If you go that evening to a meetup and and say, hey, I, I have this issue I'm working on. Does anybody know how to solve this? More than likely, there will be somebody who's already done it. Yep. So that's a very quick response. You can actually open your laptop and start working on it right yep. then and there and get your solution, things like that. That's a great opportunity. Anything to add? OK. Uh, for me, I think it's a, another way that you have a, uh, have a new idea about the thing. So, one of our meetup is about the IoT, and we got a uh, two speaker, one from Toyota to show, uh, and they uh, like represent uh, our idea about IoT that they do about the mapping and can collect the data about the car. And at end of the day, I found that many people uh, have more idea about how to do the project about IoT, and also with the company, they got a new hire. That is a good thing. And after that, we come back, and our group is still say that uh, they love about more, learn more about the IoT. And we got the like, uh, specialist from AWS come to talk for us about that. I think uh, the good feedback is they feel like uh, when they come to join the meetup, they meet many people that have a good knowledge or can give him a good technique they can do with his job. Yeah, when, uh, when discussing uh, participation in meetup groups with brand new customers, uh, one of the things I'll often say is that you're getting unfiltered feedback about you know, how solid AWS services are or not and how effective they are or not. And it's not sort of through any sort of rose-tinted glass or necessarily stage-managed in any way. And I think that's what you're saying, that it's kind of direct peer-to-peer -peer support uh, and it's you know, it's true. The, the feedback that you get is genuinely very accurate. Yes, and like you have, you can grow up your own network yep. through our network. And it's, in the end of the day, I felt like 
everyone come, we come to friends and they can talk to each other after the section. Yeah. Yeah. So Jason, what about you for top two benefits that you see for participants? Yeah. Apart from the, uh, apart from the excellent sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've quality control on our sandwiches already. Yeah. Um, no, one of the, one of the most popular aspects of the user groups and the feedback we get from our members is we have a feature at the beginning of the meetup, which is the month in AWS. So it's like a monthly roundup of all the latest features and news and takes up the first, say, 25 minutes of the meetup. And generally, someone from AWS might be in town, and they, they help us out, or a local solution architect who can speak. And we just go through it, because it's such a moving feast of new features. You know, It's happening on a weekly basis, really. And uh, that's, that's the most popular. I think it's one of the main reasons people go, is to get what's the latest update. Um, but one thing we discovered was is that you can't have a very generic meetup after a while. So Amazon is such a broad church. There's so much going on that we've decided over the last year or so we're specializing the meetups more and more. So we, th we have a theme for each meetup instead of just being a general AWS you know, discussion um, and a couple of presentations. It'll be either serverless or IoT or robotics or AI or whatever, whatever's cool at the time. And <laughs> if we can get enough speakers that are on a similar theme. Um, but definitely, what's going on that month is, is highlight, the highlight. Yeah. Good. So that's about the members participating in receive mode, if you want. So listening to content and maybe uh, interacting on a peer-to-peer -peer basis with other participants. There's another big dimension here, though, of course, which is someone has to deliver the content. Okay? And in most cases, in my experience anyway, it's not AWS people that are up front talking at these events. There's a, some of that, but it's not by no means the majority of the content coming from AWS. Most of the content comes from community members. It is genuinely peer-to-peer -peer sharing. So what about those speakers? You know, what is it that you feel motivates a community participant to turn into a community leader, get up at the front of the room and start talking about a challenge they've come, or maybe a challenge that they haven't overcome yet, and, and be that that focal point and start delivering content. Do you have a view on that, Sebastian? What, what is it that you think the value proposition is really for, for community members to speak at these events? I, I would say the, the main motivator for, for speaking or participating actively in a community group uh, might be pride. You, you, you feel proud of what you're doing on your day-to-day -day job. You feel proud of the way you solve a complex situation uh, in the most efficient way, wasting less amount of resources. And you want to share that with other people. Uh, first, to, to, to get your idea validated, to, to get other people that can prove that what you did is the, the right way to do. Uh, but also to, to get different point of view, diff different approaches to, to what you were thinking at the time. And maybe on your, on your second iteration, you can get uh, some an improved version of what you did. And, and we get a lot of that, of, of people that showcase a solution or a project they are working on. And during the, the networking or, or the Q&A, they, they get lots of, of, as you say, unfiltered feedback from the yep. community. And then they go and, and work again on that. And we had speakers presenting two or three iterations of what they did in, in the course of two or one or two years. And it's really interesting to contrast the, the first time they spoke and they told us what they were working on and the last time they did and all the, how they, they were able to transform their solution thanks to the community feedback and, and when, what they learned from each other. That's great. That's great. John? 
Well, in addition to what um, Sebastian was saying, some um, instead of instead of just uh, repeating or, uh, about their project, many uh, speakers can take this as an opportunity at meetups to practice their speech for a bigger conference like reInvent or hmm. the Community Day that they want to, yeah, or, or some other conference they're going to. Because our meetups are not always just focused completely on AWS. AWS is just a tool, but you want to get other things done, right? Yep. So, so if you want to um, talk to a much larger audience about the work you're doing or the work that can benefit them, it, this is a great place for them to come and uh, talk. Also, another benefit that the speaker gets is, like uh, Tak was saying, there's uh, a lot of discussions that happen before and after the meetup, a uh, half an hour before while you're having uh, you know, mm. your um, uh, drinks and um, snacks, and also after the meetup when you, you want to talk. It, people want to talk to each other, of course, but they're also more interested in talking to the speaker itself because they want to yeah. get more, more uh, deep into, you know, in the discussion that was happening. So, so that's actually a benefit for, for speakers to come and uh, talk at meetups. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> actually, for, for us in Thailand, our meetup uh, can divide it into two main teams. The one is the business team. That's we have the speaker from the business field, right? Um, from uh, some startup who are the co-founder of the startup. And another part is the, like the developer team. Then we have the developer from many company to talk. And for the business part, when they come to uh, like, uh, tell their experience about when they use AWS, they can also uh, like, like promotion for their promote their <laughs> business. And also, as a recruit, many new developers who are interested in their business. Uh, in the same way, uh, they can find many people that can talk with him after the, uh, they speak and our, uh, after our meetup, because it's like they can have a new partner. And for the developer, I think they feel proud. Like you say, they can come up and speak, what they are really good with it. Uh, and sometimes it's really new, like uh, we have the Lambda section. Many few people can do it in Thailand. And when they uh, come to talk about it, many people are very, very, very interesting in them and come to talk after that and got a new idea about it. Mm -hmm. I'll just say that the uh, featured speakers in the rest of this track today, let me look to Ross over here, but I think. Pretty much every featured speaker that we have in the rest of the track is a speaker that has really honed their speaking skills in meetups and AWS-related conferences around the world. So hopefully you'll see in the rest of the track the, the fruits of development uh, of the uh, speaking and communication skills that some of the individuals have been able to build over the years by participating in these communities. Uh, so Jason, what about you? You've had some uh, speakers that have flown across the globe to speak at your meetups in Dublin that are now about, and you've had a lot of active community members, and we're going to talk a little bit later specifically about voice, because Selex is a big area for your group as well. So what do you think motivates these people to, to come along into that dark theatre and talk to your community? <laughs> talk to your community. It's quite an intimidating environment, uh, the Button Factory, where you run these events, I would say that. Absolutely. Set the bar high. Um, no, it, everyone's got their own motivations. There's kind of three main themes. One is you have an Amazon speaker generally. If you can, if somebody's in town, somebody from the organization, it gives validation. And it's, it's great to have, and they're generally very accomplished speakers if they've passed the uh, speaking credentials within AWS. 
Um, the second one is, the trickiest one is the sponsor speaker. That's always okay. Hmm. So I don't want a sales pitch, and I don't want you to bore my members. So how do you get the sponsor? Because you're taking money off them from, on one side to pay for your beer and your, and your food and your venue, uh, but you don't want a sales pitch. So we work very closely with the sponsors to hone their pitch that they have a use case, um, maybe a live demo. And there's only one uh, sales pitchy slide they're allowed to have, which is we're hiring, the last slide. Because <laughs> that tends to be the motivation of the, of the sponsors, is that they're generally hiring. Um, the third uh, category tends to be a startup, a local startup story. They may have, they may have uh, a dollar, or they may be funded up to $50 million or whatever they've done. But a, a startup is always a good um, uh, speaker to have as well. Uh, they're on the track. They've got something exciting. They tend to do a live demo as well, generally. Um, they're pretty passionate. Um, so that, that's the kind of the main themes we find. Um, trickiest definitely is a sponsor speaker. Yeah, we're going to return to sponsorship with another question a little bit later on because that is uh, it's like a double-edged sword in running these meetups. You need to fund them. They are expensive. You've got food, uh, drinks. You've got venues. You might have other overheads like videos that you want to make uh, during the course of the meetups. All of that costs dollars or pounds or you know whatever your currency happens to be wherever you are in the world. And uh, altruistic beliefs stop quite often when it comes to pulling out your credit card and paying for all this stuff. So we'll talk a little bit about sponsorship a little bit later on. Before we get on to that, I want to ask three of the panelists uh, some specific questions about areas where they've gone beyond the simple, simple conventional, let's say, meet up with beer and pizza and a few speakers. Because we've invited several people here because they've done things that are beyond that. You know, they've really started to move the needle with other types of activities. And I want to go to you first of all, John, and uh, I want you to tell us a little bit about the community day that was run in San Francisco. Describe it for the audience, because I'm sure a lot of people don't know what that is, and talk a little bit about how it played out and what the event was like that you ran. The community day that we held um, in San Francisco was uh, in June of this year. It was the first time we had a large uh, uh, community-sponsored well, not really sponsored, sponsored by um, Amazon helped uh, pay for uh, the cost. But it was, um, uh, the, all the speakers were um, from the community, uh, leaders in the community, and we had people all the way from Seattle in the north to San Diego in the south. We focused just on the west coast. We had, uh, we had people from uh, about 20 different meetups um, in, in the west coast. And it was a full day event in San Francisco with two tracks. And um, we had um, four um, speech um, presentations in each track all day. Um, it was uh, well attended. We had more than uh, 800 people who came um, to the meetup, uh, to the community day. And we hope to have it every year. And, um, and it appears that this movement of communities, community day is going to you know, uh, catch on in other places also. I believe there's one um, that's coming up in um, the east coast of the United States. There was one in Japan, and I believe there was one in uh, Thailand too. There's also been one in Cologne in Germany as well. Cologne in Germany yep. as well. So, yep. so this is completely you know, run by the community leaders. Actually, we had a group of uh, uh, AWS meetup leaders who we, we, we met several times over the conference calls, and we had uh, you know, emails going back and forth deciding who should speak, what the topics should be, 
what should the, what should the focus be? What should the theme be? And um, we were able to. It, it was a great event. People were able to meet new people, learn new ideas. Um, we even had people from Microsoft and Google, uh, Azure and Google uh, App Engine come and attend the meetup too. They probably wanted to learn something more about AWS. And uh, it, it was a it was a great event and uh, and a very successful. Great. Great. If you're interested in uh, organizing one of those events or participating in them around the world, uh, check out the last slide that we're going to show here, which will tell you a little bit about how to get in, in touch with our community management team at AWS. And we can support you if you do want to run an event like that in another location somewhere else in the world where it hasn't already happened. We're really happy to, to help make that successful for you. Yeah, it was, it was uh, thanks to Ross Barrick for uh, helping me organize that because, you know, um, it, the the logistics and the costs were mind-boggling for me, <laughs> but but thanks to Ross's help, I was uh, I was able to do uh, do it much easier. Great, good stuff. Yeah, well done, Ross. <laughs> so, uh, Jason, uh, branching. So you got your core meetup, but you do other stuff as well. Uh, Alexa, what do you call that one now? The Alexa. Alexa Devs. Alexa Devs, Dublin. Yeah. Uh, the workshops that you've run, serverless and some others. And also uh, meetups for specific types of customers, which are not really the developer core, but are mm -hmm. more executive focused. That's a lot of stuff. Can you talk a little bit about some of these other tangents that you've got running? Sure, yeah. So a bit like AWS, the most important thing to us is the, the member. Like AWS, the most important thing is the customer. So we do a lot of polling of our members. What do they want? What are they looking for? And we have, um, we have a raffle at the end of the meetup. You know, you win a nice prize, a nice drone or, a, or an Echo or something like that. And we pulled a lot of information from the members. And one of the things they said is they wanted to do workshops, you know, specific workshops around the theme of the meetup that we were hosting that evening. So, and another thing that happened was that the speakers who were coming into our meetups tended to be hanging around Dublin for the day. So instead of going to Temple Bar into a pub, why not get them to do a workshop? And we, um, we launched a workshop series. So every time we've got a key speaker, like serverless guy or an IoT guy or uh, Alexa specialist in town, we'll organize a workshop that day, maybe for about 40 or 50 people. So 40 is a good number. It's a big number. But uh, we book a venue separate from the, the user group venue. And um, we organize it, you know, proper Wi-Fi, it's good AV. And um, we host a workshop dur during the day. And that's, uh, that's been a great success uh, for the members. They enjoy it. And it means that the guy coming in to do the presentation for the, for the evening is, is really getting double value for his time uh, traveling over to, to the meetup. And that's, that's worked quite well. Um, and we've, we've, we've got other, other activities going on as well, like um, one, of the, one of the missing areas around, around meetups, it's very developer-focused, uh, which, is, which is fine. And that's, that's really the motivation. It's, it's developer-orientated. But there are a lot of enterprise users or business users there as well who were, you know, it was just a little bit too technical for them or the architecture was just too, diving too deep. And they were asking through this, this polling we were doing of our members, um, they were wondering about could we do something more in the business side or how do they integrate their business? How do they use um, some of the system integrators or the partners? So we, we did a series of breakfasts as well and we do those on a quarterly basis. So it's a, it's a business breakfast for um, C-level executives um, who don't really feel at home with the meetup. It's not really for them. So there's all these kind of spin-offs you can do that 
make better use of your membership and, and better use of the speakers as well. And they're enjoyable and they've been quite popular. Great stuff. Cool. Sebastian, uh, the online component, that's really why you, we invited you to speak today, because you've done something unique there. I don't think there's another example of that uh, worldwide today, which is operating at the same scale with such a high level of activity. Your Slack channel is something you know, of a behemoth, really, in terms of <laughs> participation volumes. I often kick myself for not having better Spanish. I'd like to know more about what's going on in there. So can you talk a little bit about how you got, how you got started with that, how broad the participation is, whether you anticipated it would be as successful as it has been? Well, the, the idea came from Fernando, actually. He's an Argentinian living in the UK. Yeah. And he started participating online in the meetups we did in Buenos Aires. We always did live streaming uh, with a few cameras and microphones, really. And we didn't have much audience. I mean, everybody was in the meetup itself. But we always have like 10, 20 people joining from live streaming because they got caught up in transit or whatever, traffic, whatever, and they did, weren't able to make to the meetup. And that's how I met Fernando, and he told me, well, I'm an Argentinian, I missed this sort of community in Spanish, and I think there's an opportunity to grow this beyond what you're doing right now. So we started a, a small, small group. We created a, a YouTube channel to do all the uh, live streamings of different meetups like Mexico and Buenos Aires from the same channel. So what we got was people from all over Latin America uh, showing up at our live streaming. So we got like, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 people at our meetup, but we got like 60, 100, 200 people watching the live feed. So we started doing a Q&A with the audience through YouTube instead of uh, not only with the, the people present there. And things just got out of control. I mean, we keep growing. We, got, uh, we started getting questions from people all over Latin America, Central America, Nicaragua, Honduras, Guatemala, different countries that we never thought of uh, bringing a community there. And they, they say, OK, we wanted to do the same here. There, there's a uh, room for, for doing this here. Uh, there's a community. And we started helping them out to setting up their first meetup, uh, whatever we can do from, from Argentina, from UK. Uh, we gave them the, uh, the ability to do live streaming on a YouTube channel, which already had two, 3,000 members. Uh, so they got the, their first meetup to be able to live stream to a, a much bigger audience than when they started. And then we felt the need to get uh, live communication, not only during the meetups, because between meetup and, and another meetup, it would be a month, something like that. And we always... Uh, wanted to sh share information and to chat with e each other. So we created a, a Slack channel, as a Slack account for AWS in Espanol. And we started small. We started with using it to coordinate the next meetup, seeing who's going to speak, and we're gathering new speakers, sharing uh, some sort of content. Uh, but then the community just took over. We got over 1,000 members right now. Uh, a lot of them came here to reinvent, so we have a, a separate reinvent channel so we can coordinate beers and dinners through the whole week. And what we did was we create different channels for each of the different topics that people want to talk about. So we have a, a channel for Docker, one for S3, one for RDS, or wh whatever the people need, Lambda, Alexa. And you get 
we, we have an advantage that pretty much every, everybody in Latin America is between two or three time zones. So during working hours, pretty much everybody is online at the same time. Yeah. And you are already using Slack for your own job, so you got another channel there, and it's just really easy to switch and to ask questions, to ask about different problems you are having on, on your day-to-day -day job. And you get instant feedback, instant response from a lot of people besides what you usually do, would have in, in a meetup. You have people from all over Latin America and even Spain uh, answering questions uh, that people just post there, and it's instant feedback. And, if we got uh, some topic that keeps coming up and, uh, every other time, we will do an, <laughs> we will do an online meetup uh, regarding that topic. Yep. So we created like this sort of webinars, which, are, which aren't based anywhere. Uh, and in an online meetup, we'll have a speaker with, from Guatemala and one from Chile at the same time. And it's really easy to gather speakers and, and content when you are in a really small area where there are not many of those. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. So one of the things you're overcoming there is uh, this question of sponsorship, because that's keeping your cost down. Yeah, no yeah, menus, no pizzas, no beer, none of the stuff that normally drives the high cost or potentially high cost of uh, running a large meetup. And I just wanted to uh, ask the other panelists, actually, how have you dealt with the costs of operating the meetup in Thailand? Is that, um, how, do you actually, how do you cover it? Actually, uh, we have a small uh, amount of uh, sponsorship from AWS, uh, about thirty dollars. Uh, so what I do is, uh, like, we not a model of sponsor in Thailand because it, we want to feel like it's no commercial in the user group. Mm -hmm. It's more work in Thailand because many many one will come out for participate, and what we do about the cost is like. Uh, when people feel the past of the group, they would like to join and help. Sometimes they bring uh, some small food and ask me to let it in uh, our food. And another way is I deal with the venue. Uh, instead, that they will cost us for the press. Uh, they like the counting our attendee and cost is for one per. And they also prepare the meal and the drink. Just make everything more cheaper. Um, I think uh, for the, this part, it depends on like, the, each user group because on, uh, when I go on the community day in Korea, that's, uh, they have uh, Asia-Pacific. Uh, they also coming to share uh, the different way that they come to the gathering. Some also have the sponsor way and some also have the, like, the team way they have to gathering way. Yeah, so different approaches. What about you, John? How do you handle the cost of the group in San Francisco? Well, I've been very fortunate, especially being in the Bay Area. Like I said, there's so many groups, and, and there are so many companies uh, who are local who want to sponsor. Um, fortunately for me, I just depend on my company. I work for Intuit, and uh, the main expenses are the food and drinks uh, in the evening and the venue. Mm -hmm. um, and you, if those who are from the Bay Area know the traffic is so bad there. So I prefer to have the meetup in Intuit so I don't have to go fighting through the traffic. <laughs> so, so Intuit gladly gives me a huge conference room and, um, uh, and they also pay for the food and drinks. But, but it's not fair on other companies to always uh, just use Intuit as sponsor. So once in a while I do allow other companies to sponsor. 
like I said, sponsorship not not a big issue at all. There are so many companies who yep. want to pay for the food and drink and the venue. They invite us to come to their company, and and I take I help um, you know take turn take turns. It's uh, not not a big issue for me. Okay, I think Jason's already talked a little bit about his sponsorship model. Do you want to say anything else on that, Jason? Yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky model. You have to be careful on it because sponsors, you know. By the very nature, they want access to the members. They're selling a product, so we're very clear that you know at the, at the outset they won't get any access to the members' details. We keep that completely uh, secret and private. So there's no lists of membership details given to sponsors. Um, but there's no shortage of sponsors. They tend to come from recruitment. Is one a big big area of sponsorship? Another one is certification and training because this is the the market they want to get certified. So we've been very lucky. Uh, with some sponsors on a rolling basis on a six-month or longer, and they've been um, quite um, supportive. But um, one of the things we've done, because we're, we're independent and that we set up in a separate venue, it's not a corporate headquarters, you know, we're invited on a regular basis to have it in Airbnb or have it down in Slack or have it in Intercom, and that would take away a lot of overhead. But we've kind of, we've kind of decided to stick to our guns and have it as, a, as more of a, a venue independent um, type meetup. So, how do we fund that? So one of the things we've done is we set up these enterprise breakfasts, as I described earlier, and they're sponsored as well. But if you put the term enterprise or corporate in front of it, you can charge about six or seven times more <laughs> for the sponsorship. And there is no problem. People will sponsor that every day of the week because everyone's selling something. And we use the resources from the breakfasts to fund the developer uh, meetups. And that's, that's kept us neutral. It's we don't um, seek any support from AWS, and that suits uh, everyone's happy then. So it works quite well. So. Great, great. So you'll notice we've got a microphone here over on your left, my right, which is for audience Q&A. Uh, if you do have questions, uh, just come up to the mic and ask. To give you a bit of time to think about whether you've got questions, I've just got one more question to the panel, which is like a quick fire, you know, quick fire, quick answer. Uh, one takeaway that you think would encourage members of the community that don't participate in a user group today to do so? What would be your you know, 30 second or 20 second pitch? You should participate in an AWS user group because? Hmm. Uh, I would say the networking opportunity. The, having the opportunity to share knowledge, share what you're doing, uh, learn, learn from others, from, from your peers, and also to get instant feedback of if you, your approach is the best approach possible, or you can do better. Uh, to meet new people, to get together with friends, to, to I don't know, yeah, I would say definitely the, the ability to, to interact with other members of the community might be the, the best possible scenario for, for being part of a community. Great. John? Again, networking is a great opportunity uh, at meetups. You can, you can you know, get rid of your shyness if you have any. Just go and ask people, talk to people. There's always so much interesting topics, so many interesting topics, even if it's not related to AWS, right? You can, you can ask people, hey, where, where are you from? What do you do? And, and it's, it opens up your brain to uh, ideas you've never uh, been, you know, privy to. And it happens every time you go to a meetup. It's, it's such a great experience. You should go at least once if you haven't been to a meetup and see what it is that these people are talking about. Um, 
For me, I think if you join uh, the community, uh, it helps you to open your more your world. Just like many people in our user group, they also uh, because they, uh, each community leader like us can come back and talk together, and we can also have the exchange culture. And just like uh, the job, job Japan is Edward user group. They build they build a game from the lambda, from the, old, uh, the, the traditional game, and this game is very useful because it helps our user to know more about the service, and it's good if they want to uh, have the certificate exam. That's why yeah. I think it's really useful because it's grow your network, not only in your country, but maybe farther than that. Nationally as well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like here. Yeah. Jason. <laughs> I think people have to be selective about what user groups they go to. I think if you look at meetup.com, people are members of lots and lots of meetups, like 40 meetups. Like, why would you be a member of 40 different meetups across the whole spectrum of, of DevOps and, and open source and every kind of cloud platform? I think you have to be selective, and the types of meetups you should go to are the ones that are on regularly, that meet on a consistent basis, that have an identifiable kind of theme. Um, and also, um, you know, I think the networking is important. People, you know, everyone's part of a community. They enjoy meeting other people at the meetups. But uh, be selective. And um, don't, if, you're an, if you're also if you're a user group organizer, don't expect people to come to every meetup you organize. Don't get kind of disappointed and they don't show up, because they're not going to go all the time. And that's why it's important to the themes, to have certain themes that attract a certain type of audience and try and, you know, uh, you know change the themes on, on a regular basis. Don't just have a generic AWS platform, have something specific that people are interested in. Um, and work, work, with your work with your members on the themes they want to hear. Great. 